0: Welcome to the Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Nathan Berry. I'm the CEO at ConvertKit. And I'm joined by my co-host, Barrett Brooks. He's the COO here at ConvertKit. And we're on a mission to help creators earn a living. This show is about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. All right, we are live with episode four future to creators uh today we have instead of a regular topic we have q a fridays which are now a thing because uh we decided that they're a thing and this is the first friday that we've had this show so barrett welcome how are you doing today
1: uh let's see how am i doing today um i'm probably yellowish red i realized last night uh you and i have been like sprinting for the past (laughs) yep i don't know why it's been a couple weeks for sure And um, we got, well, today we launched a big change to our free plan. It now includes uh, broadcast email sending to up to 500 subscribers and uh, our kind of flagship courses on building a creator business called Creator Pass, which is really exciting. Um, And I realized once we had all those pieces in place and I knew the team had that under control last night, that I had this like big release of energy. And I just kind of like tanked from there. And so I'm really feeling that today, you know, I'm tired. I am uh, definitely looking forward to having a weekend here, but it's all for good stuff. Like I'm really proud of all the work that has come out of this sprint. Um, so now I just need to recharge and get ready for the new week next week. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Uh, I'd say green today. Um, you know, sometimes you write something that you're really proud of and maybe this is a little self-indulgent, but uh, I wrote a basecamp post replying to the team. I might, it might be something that I can actually share publicly. We'll see. But it was one of those things that you finish writing it. You'd like the analogies are just right. And, and anyway, I'm, I'm proud of it. And that had me fired up. And then I realized that I had come back from exercising and we're going to go live with this. And I was like, okay, if I take a shower in four minutes, then I will be back in time to prepare for this show. And anyway, so I'm like, I've got energy this morning, this afternoon. It's this afternoon. Now it's not morning anymore. But, uh, yeah, I've got energy, so I'm feeling green and yeah, but I think also, yeah, it's been a long week. And so I'm going to, I don't know, take it easy this weekend and well, there's nothing to do, but take it easy this weekend. That's true. There's nowhere to go. (laughs) Oh man. Um, speaking of which on the update side of things, Boise just announced as of midnight last night, this morning, I never know if midnight is, is midnight last night or midnight this morning. It's
1: this morning. Okay.
0: All right. That's, that's important to know. Um, so midnight this morning, all bars and restaurants are closed, uh, in Boise. So it's a big change. They can do takeout. Uh, but that's it. So that's kind of the only, only major change on our side from the pandemic side of things.
1: Yeah. No major changes here either. Um, well, I guess the one thing that changed today was that this, there's a mountain called Mount hood about an hour and a half East of the city. And I love to ski. It's one of my favorite kind of like get myself out of work mode and just enjoy the day activities. And they had closed temporarily. And today they announced that unless something changes drastically, they're, they're closing for the season. And we saw a massive uptick in cases overnight. So it's just going to keep on keeping on. So the best advice I have is stay at home. Try not to go out. Enjoy time with your family. and uh, Find ways to take advantage of it.
0: Yep, exactly. Uh, Oliver this morning, uh, he's eight. And, uh, he was like, when you go to the grocery store next, can I come? And I was like, you, you want to leave the house, don't you? He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. So, okay. We can, we can talk about the, uh, hand sanitizer, Clorox wipe routine that enables us to leave the house and go to the grocery store. You know, like you're old enough. I can work through that process with you. <laughs> so
1: I love it. Um, one thing that's happening tonight is our friend group here in Portland. We've got about, uh, I don't know, 15 or 20 of us who are all roughly at the same stage of life. We range from like 30-something to 50-ish. So it's interesting because it's, it's quite a wide range. and It spans two generations of people. But anyways, we're all kind of at the same stage of life. We're doing a virtual happy hour together. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I want to jump into the first question. So Q&A Friday, someone dropped in the chat. And if you're live, this is the advantage, right? Oh, yeah. On Fridays, you just get to completely control the agenda. So much love to everyone here live with us. Keshna, hopefully I said it correctly, if I didn't, I'm sorry, says, do you get ready from when working from home as though you'd be going to the office? I realized like last night, I was thinking about yesterday's episode about working from home and I realized, I'm going to try not to cuss on the show. (laughs) Dang it. I didn't share my number one tip, which is that I get dressed every single day to come to work in my home office. And most of our team thinks I'm crazy. I don't think that this is necessary. But I find, and my wife finds, that if we get up and we shower and we get dressed, that we get more into a work mindset. And it's like this shift from I was relaxing and sleeping in my bed to now I'm working and it is officially time to start the day. So anyways, yes, Keshna, I get dressed every day when I come to my office.
0: I don't always. I often start work and then work out and then take a shower. And then, like, it, I've had it a few times where I've been on a call with someone. And, like, if my hair's cut short, maybe people don't notice that I haven't taken a shower yet. But then, like, I'm going to call with them, like, two hours later. And they're like, you put on the colored shirt. Like, what, what changed? And I was like, well, I took a shower is what changed. But uh, this morning, I did take your tip, Barrett. And uh, I put my phone in the other room. How'd it go? It went good, I think. great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I fell asleep pretty easily i don't I don't ever have a problem falling asleep, so yeah, uh, or rarely. yeah, and then Hillary has an alarm clock on her side of the bed. She's got one of those like glows over time to wake you up um, things, which now that we have a new kid, we don't use anymore because she just wakes up when way too often. But uh yeah, this morning I woke up and looked over and it was six forty five and I was like, Oh, that was a good time to get up. And then I went and got, mm-hmm. got my phone and then I like had this moment of like looking at it and going, you know, but I hadn't opened, like turned on the notifications yet. And I just put it back in my pocket and went about my morning for another five or ten minutes and it came to my computer and actually caught up on everything on my computer instead of on my phone. And it, it was a lot better. I like it. Yeah. But,
1: I always love it when I do that because it it just feels like the computer is actually the thing meant to catch up on everything, you know, because you can get through it a lot faster. Yep. Anyways, we digress. Uh, We've got a couple more live questions and I'm liking these over a couple of the ones that we've got stored up from Twitter, but we're going to get to as many as we can. So um, Callie, I got your question from Twitter, but you also asked, how do we stay inspired to create every day? So create every day is another one of our core values at ConvertKit. Um, this is also one of the core three that came from Nathan's early business, uh, teach everything, you know, work in public and create every day. Were kind of the three core beliefs that he had there. And we transferred those three in addition to several others over to the company, but maybe Nathan, you want to jump in on how you stay inspired to create every day.
0: Yeah. Well, I I think the first thing is realizing that anxiety and, and all of that is energy. It's just this energy that like, you're not letting escape. And so you're just letting it build up in your body and and you're just stuck with it. And so the first thing is like recognizing that anxiety and realize, okay, my number one job right now is to find an outlet for that energy. And I think creating is a great outlet for it. So that's on the like, when I have this pent up energy and need to do something with it. And then kind of the other side is um, like setting reminders and setting goals. I think people smarter than me would say, you need to build the habit of creating, I kind of get there through goals of like, I'm going to going to accomplish this, or I want to have this done by the end of the week or, or that kind of thing. I think you're probably technically supposed to go at it a different way, but that's what I do. And I say, okay, I want to have the goal of having, um, you know, this chapter for the book written uh, on this time or this blog post out. And I, I get inspired by that.
1: Yeah, totally. I have this interesting relationship to inspiration where I often find myself most inspired when I can't create So it'll be like, I have a day full of calls and something gets sparked on one of the calls that's like, I should write a thing about that. But then I have six more calls after that. And so by the end of it, it's like, okay, I'm tired. now. I don't have the energy to do that thing that I was inspired on. And then the next day, it's just not quite the same. It's like when you first buy a book and there's a huge difference if you start reading that book the day you bought it or if you let it sit on the shelf for two years and then you start reading it. And it's not a different book.
0: Two years, I feel attacked. Like, what have you been saying about, like, have you been looking at my bookshelf and all the books I haven't touched in two years? I, I'm just talking <laughs> about my
1: own situation. I'm not judging anyone. This is my own situation. And so what I find is actually that I can't rely on inspiration. I have right. to just rely on, on habits and I have to rely on showing up. And so this goes back to a little bit of the habits and scheduling stuff that we talked about yesterday when it comes to working from home. But it's really just about setting aside a block of time and not giving myself a choice. One of the things that makes it easier for me though is I keep a running tally of ideas. So I've Mm -hmm. always got a list of ideas that I can go to in a moment where I've blocked off the time to create. And that's the same thing we're doing here with this podcast, um, Nathan, is we've got a list at the bottom of our kind of rolling script or outline or whatever, where it's just list of topics. And we keep adding to that so that on any given day, even if we show up 15 minutes ahead of time, we know we've got all the knowledge up here already. All we have to do is pick one and outline it real quick and then we can go live with it. So I think having a list of ideas and scheduling the time are the two most important things and not relying on inspiration.
0: Yeah, I want to go with uh, Jessica's question. She says, I'm trying to decide between creating this weekend, writing a newsletter that has lapsed and needing to disconnect completely for a few days. How do you decide what's most important? And I don't know that I can give the perfect advice here, but I can tell you what I would do. And that would be, I would disconnect in the sense of getting out of the rest of the internet. And then I would take my laptop with its Wi-Fi turned off and I would find some new environment. Like normally for me, that'd be a coffee shop in today's environment. It would be like our outside patio, you know, of going somewhere different. The laptop is basically crippled. It has no internet. It's just a, you know, glorified typewriter. And then I would set a timer for 30 minutes and I would just force myself to sit there and write the newsletter And then if that's going really poorly, I'd stop at 30 minutes. If it's going well, I'd set another timer for 30 minutes and go again. So in the question of like, should I disconnect completely or should I create? My answer is yes, I would do both. Because once I get that done, I'd close the computer and I'd disconnect for the rest of the weekend.
1: Yeah. I really find that I disconnect best when I create first. And so if I wake up on a Saturday and I make something real quick, I write a newsletter or I write a quick blog post. Or even it could just be something simple like mow the lawn. I feel like then the rest of the day, I feel way more settled and just kind of enjoying it and not feeling like I need to have an agenda. And so I tend to just kind of pick one thing on those rest days, the recovery days where it's still technically a to do list, but I also am going to enjoy it in some way. And for me, writing a newsletter would be one of those things that I would enjoy. Uh, and then to your point, if If it is enjoyable, I'll just continue that. And if it's not enjoyable, then I'll say, all right, well, I gave it my best shot and I'm going to go do the relaxation thing now.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Okay. Anika, I think maybe that's how you say your name and I apologize if I got it wrong. Says advice for content and messaging right now. There's an opportunity to connect with a captive audience, but I want to be thoughtful and respectful. Great question. Highly relevant to the current times. Um, my number one piece of advice when Nathan gathers his thoughts would be, uh, call it out. My tactic in any situation like this is just be transparent. And I would start any, any piece of, like if I were writing a newsletter, and if it were completely unrelated to the current environment, or if I were trying to be funny or lighthearted or something that seems like a juxtaposition to what most people are going through, I would say, hey, times are weird. Stuff is hard. I want to give you a little bit of relief right now by telling you a funny story or sharing a really educational thing about topic that we both care about or whatever. Because what I find is that when you're transparent, the, some people refer to this as the M&M strategy. There are a lot of things wrong with M&M's music. And so I, I don't endorse M&M. However, one thing that I, I loved about uh, the eight mile movie movie that they made about kind of about him Was that in his rap battles, he says all of the bad stuff about himself before the person he's battling can say it. And so then the other guy's like, well, now what do I do? You've already said all of the stuff that I was going to say. And so you kind of like take the wind out of the scariness. I think that that is a really effective strategy for taking the wind out of the scariness of creating an environment like this. Just call it what it is. Let people know you're aware and then keep doing what you were going to do anyways.
0: Yep. That's really good. I always think of that as whatever opponent you have has a bunch of ammunition and you're like, okay, yeah, you've got some of those, but let me take these five away from you right now. Because if I've already said that about myself and then they say it, like the audience just kind of looks and goes, oh yeah. Were you not paying attention? He just said that. And so, yeah, exactly. Just name it. And also I I would say that people are looking for, okay, quick story. Uh, my son, Oliver, my kids are going to get referenced a lot. They say funny things, Um, but they also say like insightful things. Um, And uh, Oliver said, I've started listening to adult conversations again. In which I paused that. I was like, again, like you you were, and then you stopped and then you were again. But he said, and now they're really boring because no one talks about anything except for the coronavirus. And so now you have this eight-year-old like making this observation of like, hi, I would like to talk about something besides the coronavirus and the current circumstances in this is a moment in time. It's a very serious moment in time that affects a lot of people, but it is still just a single moment in time of all of the, all of the history, all the literature, all of the past, present and future, everything. Like it's just a moment in time. And there's a lot more that we can talk about. And I think a lot of people, adults and eight year olds alike are ready to talk about something else besides what's happening this, this minute. And so, you know, you can share some of that and say, And I'm going to talk, you know, respectful of the way of what's going on. I'm going to go uh, turn this attention to someone, something else.
1: Yeah, totally. Okay. The next one, uh, I don't know this person's actual name, but their username in the chat is Dirkler too. They mentioned around ladders of wealth creation, which is a great post that Nathan wrote and goes on to ask, uh, having a hard time stepping away from spending 40 plus hours per week, working with freelance and consulting clients to actually write podcasts or create a product help. um, great news. We're going to do an entire episode on the ladders of wealth creation. And so I'm going to skip this question for now in favor of doing a full episode on it later, but just know that that's coming. So stay tuned for that.
0: Yeah. I think we're going to do that on Monday. Yeah. So it's actually coming up really soon.
1: So timely question. Okay. Miss FC Liverpool says, do you guys use any self-organization or note-taking methodologies, e.g. second brain, getting things done, et cetera. What do you find helps you stay organized and productive?
0: Uh, I use the notes app on my phone (laughs) and and desktop Um, for anyone who's just turning in on the audio and can't see it. Barrett muted himself and then laughed at me. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, but that's what I do. Uh, It's better than the million text edit documents that I used to use, but yeah, uh, the notes app basically has everything in it for me. It has my workout history, like whatever um, lifts I did or that kind of thing. And then it's got, like my to-do list for the day, notes from calls, all of that. It's just this, it's easy to fire up a, a new document. It's kind of this long running tab in there. And that's how I go. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of other tools that are probably better, but that's what I use.
1: Yeah. Um, we are like probably two of the least organizational system junkies in the world. I think we look for the minimum viable organizational system to just keep going. I really don't get caught up in this stuff all that much. And so I am probably the wrong person to ask. And if you find that organization is really important to you, my house is very organized, but my answer is I have a sticky note with the three things I want to get done today. And for a digital version, I use an app called Todoist that my executive assistant and I uh, share. And she kind of like grooms that for me if things come up that I'm not aware of or if there's something really urgent that I need to take care of. But that's about it. I mean, I have a lot of notebooks. Okay, I do have a couple of things. I shouldn't say that I don't have anything. At night, um, I have a notebook that I write in every night. And uh, I break my goals down into habits for the year that I want to maintain on a weekly and daily basis. And each night, I just write a bulleted list of um, the things I did that day and stars next to the habits that I complete or the habits that I maintained. That were my intentions. And that's really important for me for just sticking to the things that are, that I value the most. And then I have, this is just kind of like random notes, ideas, business plans, like stuff like that. That's really just for me, but there's no real system to it. Uh, And I don't really expect to go back and read it. It's more just kind of, if I have a desire to journal or write down some ideas, I can always go back to it if I want, but it's more just to get it out of my head. So that's the extent of that. Sorry if that's underwhelming.
0: Yeah, but I think it says something about both of us that while we love systems, um, we we both have a bias towards action, and we only invest in systems so much as that they help us take action. We're not the kind of people who are going to sit down and like, you know, I'm going to do is spend the weekend dreaming up some brand new system. It's instead going to be I have this problem and I need a system to help me solve it, and then we'll create it. Yeah, exactly. Um, we got a question and I copied questions over from Twitter and I didn't copy the names and I was trying to look it up while you're talking and whatever, um, I couldn't find it. Uh, but this question, uh, is bootstrapping versus taking advantage of the small business loans that are becoming available to help scale. Um, so actually I think this is from Kurt Libby. And so basically talking about how it's a really uncertain time and would you take on debt in order to scale a business? Um, what, you know, I think I'm going to make it a little broader. What steps in this uncertain time would you do related to, to finances, uh, in order to scale?
1: Yeah. And this kind of ties into another question we got in the episode one chat, which is how's can you handling the COVID-19 situation internally? So maybe we'll just kind of touch on both how we're, how we're tackling finances and how we're planning overall. I'll do the overall and maybe Nathan, you can talk a little bit about kind of the finance side. So We thought in two kind of vectors. One was team, one was customers. And all of this ties into the finances and how we were looking at that to make sure that we weren't overstretching ourselves. So on the first side was the team, making sure that they had what they needed. Um, We pay very well based on a standardized salary system. None of that is in jeopardy. We've always been, well, as long as I've been here, we've been profitable for many years. And so we're never in a situation. We have never to this point been in a situation where, We had to make decisions between paying people fully or something else. So we confirmed that that's still true. Uh, We made sure that our hiring plan still works for what our finances look like. And then we updated, um, we just added to our leave policy at the end of last year to create guidelines for if you experience a natural disaster, if you experience uh, a medical situation for you or a family member, if someone dies and you need to have a period of mourning and recovery a couple things like that, where we added four to six weeks of leave for people that is paid and that they can take advantage of. So we updated our natural disaster leave policy to cover epidemics and pandemics as well, so that the team can immediately take advantage of that if they feel the need to. So that was step one was take care of the team. And then step two was take care of our customers and our community. And so we kind of rolled that out in a three part or three phases. The first was the creator fund, which was us committing $50,000 to uh, give micro grants of up to $500 to creators in need in housing, food, uh, childcare, or medical expenses. Um, and then we went out and raised another 100000 and that fund continues to grow. Um, so it was take care of basic needs of the community. Then it was be a steady and calm voice by launching this podcast so that everyone has a way to connect at a time when we're not connected. And then the third was roll out the changes to the free plan so that we can support more creators uh, at a time of need when people either want to get started or they may need to shrink their expenses in their business and we want to be there for them in that. And so that's kind of been our approach on the team and, and customer side and all of that ties into the finances.
0: Yeah, so I think what I would sum all that up in is in this particular time of basically take aggressive action. I think it's very easy to sit back and wait for things to happen and wait for everybody else to take to take the lead or, or to see what's happening. Like, are your competitors laying people off? Maybe you should too, or, or looking at it from that perspective. And I think by making a plan early and then taking aggressive action, you can know what's right for you. And so in, in the case of this question of like, should I continue to fund with my existing money or should I get a loan or outside capital? I think it depends on what aggressive action looks for your, like for your business if you're in e-commerce or something like that, where you're going to have to float expenses for a period of time, or you need to place a bigger order when, you know, as soon as supply chains come back or all of that, I would really consider like one of those small business loans. They're not that expensive to lock in. And the thing is, it's very hard to get a loan when you need it. When you don't need it, they're like, here, take a loan for this, take a loan for that. But then, and I speak from experience from the early days of ConvertKit, when I actually wanted a loan for ConvertKit, I couldn't get it. Like the loans that were there before were totally dried up. So I would say it very much depends on your business. But think about in a downturn, I would think about taking aggressive action. And so I would plan out what does that mean for my business? My default would be to try to fund it with existing cash flow and revenue. But if for your particular business, it means that you're going to need cash in order to, uh, fund that growth and provide that stability, then I would absolutely consider taking on debt for that.
1: Love it. Well, uh, this tends to happen to us every day. We are running out of time and we still have to get to creator of the day resource of the day and closing thoughts. So let's jump in with creator of the day. Um, I'm not sure if Nathan's going to share one today, if we're going to not today. Just okay. Eat. All right. We're just going to go with one. Let's see. In one of the early episodes when we talked about reassuring and, uh, confident voices and time to need. I said that there were kind of four people that I really turn to and enjoy learning from during times like this. One of them, her name is Maria Popova and she runs a site called brainpickings.org. It started as an email to a group of friends, I think weekly that was just kind of her musings on what she was reading. And she's a voracious reader. And that email to a group of friends grew and grew and grew because they love the email so much. The audience just kept growing. And it's very much like we talked about the other day on the show about how to grow an audience. She just started sending it to her closest people. And then they said, this is fantastic. I have to share it. And it's turned into this site that has to be one of the most broad and meaningful, almost like an encyclopedia of wisdom from the world of books. And so Maria spends, a really, really impresses us impressive amount of time reading these days and then sharing her kind of musings and thoughts on what she's learning from that reading often involving extended quotes from the books and I just adore it I think that it's a source of deep and lasting knowledge and wisdom she really goes back far you know it's not like the most recent stuff that's come out it's things that are hundreds of years old sometimes and um, I think it would be a really, really great and enjoyable resource for you if you have not heard of her before
0: during this time. Her stuff is so good. I absolutely love it. We would love to have her as a customer. So, side note, if anyone listening has an in for that, um, we would love to bring her over. Um, you know, for the resources of the day, we have two that are pretty similar. Um, a book that we've both read and, and really enjoyed. I'll let you talk about it first, and then I have a follow-up resource.
1: Great. So, um, Bob Higer, uh is the CEO of Disney.
0: Was the CEO of Disney. Was the CEO. He just
1: stepped down. Um, Weeks ago. Which was, yeah, later than he wanted to step down, but he, he finally got around to it. He just came out with a book called The Ride of a Lifetime. It's kind of his story of his career. I like to call these almost business biographies. It's kind of like the joint story of Bob and um, ABC slash Disney. Uh, it's fantastic. It's just one of those things that helps you understand how someone that's very thoughtful and has had a really traditionally successful, but also meaningful career leading Disney, how he got there and what his path was and the struggles he, he found along the way. And also the leadership lessons he learned. I really enjoyed it. I know Nathan really enjoyed it. And, uh, we're just going to make our resources of the day at Disney love fest because that ties into the other one.
0: Yep. So, uh, last night I was watching, uh, the Imagineers series on Disney plus it's really good even if you're not normally a documentary person, like you just can't help but love watching that Imagineers series. Um, The behind the scenes, you get a lot of the story of building the first parks and Walt Disney's process, but then you get to really dive in with a lot of people actually doing the work, not just the CEOs who are talking about it. So yeah, I really enjoyed the ride of a lifetime and uh, also check out Imagineers on Disney plus.
1: Love it. Um, I'm going to check that out because I actually haven't watched it yet. So I'm excited about that. This is my resource of the day as well. (laughs) Okay. I've got a thought for the day for you. I'm going to read it. It's an Instagram post and I'll share it on the screen for those of you that are live with us. This, my wife actually shared with me this morning. It's from an Instagram account uh, from a woman named, I don't know if this is her name, but the account is Layla Stead, L-E-I-L-A-S-T-E-A-D. We'll put that in the show notes. But um, this was a really hopeful post. And so here's what it says. I can't wait for a year's time when all of this is a distant memory and there is a Corona baby boom because all the lovers were loving and there is a rise in small business because all the entrepreneurs had a moment of stillness and creativity and all the children remember nothing but a time when all the moms and dads were at home and drawing and playing board games. And we remember it as the time we all got to stop and be present. We will remember this time our health was our first priority and people learned new ways to use fresh produce to feed their families. And we were all forced to think outside the box and dream up new things and reinvent old ways. And for once, even amongst the chaos, there was community. There was a global rise in togetherness and the streets were quiet, but our homes were bustling with love and laughter. That time is coming. Soon, just like other crises before it, this will all be a distant memory. A thing we soon listen to our chi- our children discuss in classrooms, a once-was that we share with our grandbabies. So to you, I know it's unsettling, but focus on the silver lining. We are in this together, and there's so much beauty to see. Layla. I love that, and I thought it was such just the the perfect way to uh, end the week of the show and to send you off into your weekend to get some rest, and if you want it, to get some creative time, too.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us for uh, the most on-time ending of the show we've ever had. We're only a minute late, uh, but we'll see you on Monday uh, to talk through the Ladders of Wealth Creation post that I wrote. You can feel free to read that in advance if you want. It's on my blog. Um, And I hope you have a great weekend. And we'll talk soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you didn't pick it up from the show, we make a tool called ConvertKit, where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans. If you want to give ConvertKit a try, you can go to landingpage.new to launch your next creative project. You'll be able to build a landing page and send emails for up to 500 subscribers totally for free. So again, that's landingpage.new. You can get started with your free ConvertKit account today.